0: Beginning with verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 2, and running through the middle of chapter 6, Paul discusses his apostleship because some of the members of the Corinthian church had cast doubt on his apostolic credentials. The section of scripture that we just read forms an introduction for that defense. In these verses, Paul strikes for us the theme of his ministry. Paul tells us that he wanted to live his life triumphantly. Paul wanted those whom he encountered to witness in him triumphal living. And isn't that what we all want who follow the Lord? We want the people who cross our paths to see us living victoriously. You know, what difference does it make being a Christian if you are living a life of defeat and a life of despair? Now, I want you to take a look at verse 14 again. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. Now verse 14 is not only the heart of this passage, it is also a tremendous description of the celebratory lifestyle of Paul. I remember decades ago when I was single, A particular friend wanted me to go on a date with a girl I had never seen. He showed me a picture of what she was supposed to look like. And I've got to tell you, it was a pretty good picture. However, when I met her, and maybe some of the guys will understand this, she didn't look much like the picture. Well, I think the Bible is like that. It shows us a picture of what the Christian is supposed to look like. But unfortunately, many Christians oftentimes look little like the picture. Now, let me show you something. The Bible assumes that we are going to be triumphant. Now, I don't have a lot of sympathy with those who say we can't expect God to work with the same measure of power today as He did in the days of the New Testament. Some of us have never been trained to expect the supernatural in our lives. But that's not in the Bible. God assumes that when we go into life as followers of Christ we are going to be triumphant. That's the picture that is presented of us. And yet if you were to look at the one sitting next to you, is that the picture that you see? If the one sitting next to you were to look at you, is that the picture they see? A triumphant life. But well, regardless of the answer to those questions, here's the question that I really want to address this morning. What is the door that opens the way to triumphant living? Well, verse 14 reveals that Paul's life was continuously and completely triumphant. I want you to notice the words he uses in verse 14. Always and In every place. Always and in every place. Paul lived a triumphant life. Always and in every place. Say that with me. Always and in every place. Say it again. Always and in every place. Now how did Paul pull that off? Well the answer is found in the first half of verse 14. Look at it. God always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now that phrase is the key. That phrase is the door. That phrase is the secret. What is the phrase? Leads us in triumph. That phrase in its background refers to a military custom that was often put on display in Paul's day. When the Roman army waged war, and the battle was over and the victory secured, the general would dispatch a messenger or a runner who would run all the way back to Rome. He was called a herald. As this herald reached the city streets, he would begin declaring that the Roman army had been victorious. Then immediately the city would begin making preparations for a victory celebration. They would burn sweet smelling incense in all the temples. And you would know that they were getting ready for a victory parade. On the day that the army returned, the people would line the streets of Rome and a magnificent procession came through. The primary figure in the parade was the conquering general riding in a gold-plated chariot drawn by white horses. The people would scream, the people would yell, and the people would throw garlands. Here was their conquering hero. Now immediately behind the chariot, And chained to the chariot were the officers of the defeated army. As the chariot of the general rolled along, these men were sort of dragged behind that chariot in humiliation. Everyone saw them defeated. Everyone saw them conquered. Everyone saw them chained to the chariot of the conquering hero. The first century term describing the chaining of these men to the chariot being led in triumph is what Paul referred to in verse 14. Except in verse 14, Paul is referring to being led in triumph by Christ. I like the way the New English Bible says it. God continually leads us about captives in Christ's triumphal procession. So Paul takes that first century military custom and he Christianizes it. He puts himself in the place of those conquered officers. And in essence, Paul was saying, I have been conquered by the Lord Jesus Christ. At one time, I was at war with him. There was enmity and hostility between us. But Jesus conquered me, and I have come to him in unconditional surrender, chained to his chariot. And everywhere I go, Christ leads me in his triumph. Now I hope you're listening to this. If you want to be a conqueror in life, it is necessary first to be conquered. If you want to become an overcomer in life, it is necessary first to be overcome. Paul could say, everywhere I go, my life is triumphant, though I may be shipwrecked. My life is triumphant, though I may face persecution. My life is triumphant, though I have distresses. Why? Because I'm being led about in Christ's triumphal procession. I simply follow in the wake of His victory. Your triumph, your conquest in daily life is in direct proportion to Christ's conquest over your daily life. If there is an area of your life that is out of control, that is strong evidence that that area of your life has yet to be conquered by Jesus. When you were totally chained to the chariot of Christ, then everywhere you go, you share in His triumph. Your victory in Christ begins with His victory over you. You and I have only as much victory in our lives as Jesus has victory over us. So if I want to be a conqueror, it is necessary that I first be conquered. We run into trouble when we attempt to ride up front with the Lord. I mean, who wants to be chained to a chariot? Who wants... To come along behind. Have you ever tried to ride up front with the Lord? Have you ever tried to help the Lord drive? Have you ever come to the Lord making suggestions as to what He ought to do, as to what He ought to think, as to the way He ought to behave? Lord, uh, don't you think we're moving a tad bit slow? Lord, I'm in a hurry. Lord, I'm anxious. Lord, I've got to get things done. Or, Lord, let's take a different road. I know that is a lot smoother. Lord, let's pull over here and rest a while. Let's have a picnic. I'm just so tired. And so what happens is we strive to swap places with Christ. My, four of my grandchildren are here today. And uh, three of those four are teenagers. And when we are about to go somewhere, uh, someone will say, I call shotgun. My nine-year-old grandson said, What does shotgun mean? Well, I said, back in the days of the Wild West, when a stagecoach would go from one place to another, there would be a two men on the top sitting in the front seat. One would be the driver who had the reins of the horses in his hands. And then the other man was like a guard. And he always carried a what? A shotgun. And he sat up front on top next to... The driver. Well, that's kind of the position we want, isn't it? We want to be up top. We don't mind sitting with Christ, but we want to be carrying the shotgun. We want to be Lord over our own lives. And so we want to trade places with Christ. In Matthew 8, a Roman military officer approached Jesus and said, Lord, my servant is sick. Jesus responded, I'll come to your house. And the officer said, no, just speak the word. I also am a man under authority. Well, Jesus marveled at this man's incredible faith. In fact, he said that he had never witnessed such great faith In all Israel. Here was a Gentile. Here was a Roman soldier. And Jesus is saying, I've never seen anyone with this kind of faith. Well, what was so great about it? Well, this military man, a centurion, was under the authority of a higher ranking military man. And he himself had 100 men under him. As a result of the centurion being under authority, he had authority himself over a hundred of the emperor's men. So do you see the principle? The Roman officer was under authority. Therefore, he had authority. If he rebelled against the emperor's authority, he then lost that authority over these hundred men. The key word in the centurion statement is the word also. I also am a man under authority. He is comparing himself to Jesus. Jesus lived under the authority of God. Therefore, Jesus had authority. Lord, you you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word and my daughter, my child will be well. See, Jesus subordinated himself absolutely to the Father. Therefore, he exercised the Father's authority. Paul was under the authority of Christ. And everywhere Paul went, he preached and he lived triumphantly and with authority. If you want to be a conqueror, it is necessary first, To be conquered. Now let me give you the first of three aspects that characterize the triumphant life. First and foremost, the victory is God's victory through His Son. Note verse 14 again. God always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now what does that tell us? It tells us that it was not Paul who was triumphing. But rather, it was God's triumph in Christ. Now watch this. The responsibility for success in our lives is not ours, it is God's. We aren't the ones who go out and find success. We aren't the ones who go out and produce. We aren't the ones who go out and get results. And I think that's kind of a liberating concept, isn't it? You see, those people who feel responsible for their own success are bound up in knots. They are always worrying. They are always fearful. They are always downing themselves. They are always acting as if they are losers in life. I don't want you to miss this. It is God's victory. He does it. And when He does it, according to verse 14, He manifests through us a sweet aroma. And it is the manifestation of this sweet aroma that draws others to Christ. It's not your persuasiveness, it is not your cleverness that draws men to Christ but the sweet aroma that comes through you from God. Uh, Can I ask you something? Have you ever hugged somebody and they smelled good? Anybody here? Has anybody ever hugged anybody? You've done that. And when you hugged them, you said to yourself, "You, this person really smells good. On the other hand, have you ever hugged someone and you said, Hoo-wee. I believe that person needs to take a shower. I believe that person needs to put on some deodorant. I believe that person needs some spray on, some rub on, and some slap on, whatever they need. They need it. Well, we give off an aroma. And that aroma is sweet. It is sweet when it is manifested through us when we are following in Christ's triumphal train. Now let me ask you a question. Is there the manifestation of that kind of sweet aroma in your life? Well, that question can be answered by another question. Are you chained to Christ's chariot? You and I do not manifest this sweet aroma uh, by sheer willpower. We do not manifest it as, uh, a, a, with a tenacious grip. We make ourselves available to God. We surrender ourselves to God. We tie ourselves to Him Thoroughly and completely. And He may manifest a sweet aroma through us in any and every way. Did you know that each year, every 12 months, at least 1,000 Southern Baptist ministers leave the ministry? And what's worse... Are the thousands who don't leave the ministry, but the ministry leaves them? Now, if that's true of those who lead, how many more folks in the pews or the lawn chairs become discouraged and quit or are in such despair that they are rendered ineffective? Isn't it amazing how many men and women you encounter who claim to be Christ's followers and yet they are living in defeat? They are living in despair and in fact they reek of defeat. They reek of despair. That simply means one thing. This person is not chained to Christ's chariot because those who are chained to Christ's chariot experience triumphal living in any and every place in matthew 16 jesus said it is my church and i will build it you know what a relief welcome to it lord i don't want to build it i want you to build it is it possible that the gates of hell do not crumble before churches today Because so many churches have been built by men rather than God. It is God's victory. He produces it. He brings it about. Now, does that mean we have absolutely no responsibility? Well, of course not. We do have responsibilities in being chained to Christ's chariot. So what is that responsibility? Well, do you remember when young David went, to meet Goliath. It was God's battle. He went in the name of the Lord. But David had a responsibility. Number one, he prepared by gathering five smooth stones for launching from his slingshot. Number two, he took the field. He showed up. And then number three, He engaged the giant. He confronted that impossible obstacle that stood before him. And as he confronted that impossible obstacle David number four trusted the battle to the Lord. David believed that the battle was the Lord's. It was not David's battle. It was not King Saul's battle. It was not the army of Israel's battle. Why? Well, that's easy. So that everyone would know that God was God in Israel. Not only would Israel know it, but the Philistines would know it as well. You know what I would say today if I were to make a guess? I would say that there are men and women on this lawn today sitting in these automobiles around us who are fighting... Some kind of Goliath. Triumphant living means and begins with a triumphant master. So what is my responsibility? I am to prepare. I am to show up. Then I am to engage the obstacle. And then I am to trust God for His anointing and His blessing to get the work done. Now do you understand the process here? If you want to live triumphantly and who doesn't? We first have to be conquered by Christ. We chain, We become chained To his chariot. The focus is to be on him. We are simply following along in the wake of his victory. So whatever you may be facing today. Whatever Goliaths are out there. Whatever obstacles are front and center in your life. The key to triumphal living is being chained to the chariot of Christ. There may be someone here this morning who has never been conquered by Jesus Christ, who has never allowed the victor to chain you to his chariot. You're going to have an opportunity this morning right at the conclusion of this service to get with me, to get with my associate pastor, Dan, to get with our youth pastor, Nick. You're going to have an opportunity to get chained to Christ's chariot today. You just hang out. We're going to be hanging out. We want to help introduce you to Jesus Christ. To live triumphantly in every place, in every way you can live like that it doesn't mean we can't hurt it doesn't mean we can't know pain it doesn't mean we can't we don't get knocked down but as Paul said we never get knocked out because we are following behind Christ's triumphal chariot chained to Him. In every way and in every place, just fill in the blank and we live triumphantly. We would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ this morning. Simply hang out and we'll find you. Maybe you're looking for a church home. I would love for you to make Countryside Baptist your church home. Many of the people sitting here today, both in cars and on this lawn, have joined with us in the last five and a half years of my ministry here. So many here are new. God has called them and drawn them here. And maybe He's drawing you today. So we'd like to talk to you about joining and standing with The Countryside Baptist Family. We're going to be hanging out. We'll find each other. And we will talk about becoming a member of this magnificent family of God located right here in the heart of Pinellas County. Let's pray together. Father, knowing you is the most magnificent, marvelous opportunity that a man or woman can have. Being chained to the chariot of Christ, following in the triumphal wake of His victory, is how we give off that sweet aroma of Christ in every way and in every place. And people are drawn to you. So Father, I, I don't know what's going on in the lives of the folks who were here today. Some with the desire to be chained to that chariot. And that can happen for them. Some who are being led this morning to join with us here at Countryside and become a part of this family. Lord, some for recommitment, some for rededication, some, Lord, for renewal of their faith. Just have your way here today. And then lead us day by day, moment by moment, in your triumph. In what we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.